know, when when we used to have our conversations, because we really haven't had them, gosh, two or three years, I think, I was extremely open to hearing what you said and then trying to find what would be an adequate response. Throughout those entire conversations, and one of your, I, I think we'll go over it later, brought this up, you showed an incredible amount of respect for me. I very much tried to do the same back to you. In fact, if anybody has taught me about showing respect for somebody else's beliefs, I, I hold you up, Charlie. You have done a great job at showing me how to show respect for somebody and their beliefs. I completely lost my second point. So let me jump in here then and say, um, A, my patience has become exhausted. B, did any of my respect, any of my treating you with respect and, and bringing out these points and marching out these logical points change your mind about any aspect of Mormonism? You still believe in the Book of Abraham. You still believe in the Book of Mormon. You still believe um, Joseph Smith was a prophet, despite um, essentially lying about uh, polygamy. Uh, uh, getting a man excommunicated while he was having an adulterous relationship with Fanny Alger. Uh, Oliver Cowdery. And Oliver Cowdery was telling the truth, and Joseph Smith was not. Um, through all this stuff, did that, did that put a dent at all in um, your belief about Mormonism? Has it put a dent in my belief about Mormonism. Right. Do you believe that Mormonism is a false religion? Do you believe that Joseph Smith was not a prophet? Do you believe the Book of Abraham was not translated correctly? Do you believe any of that? I'm going to refrain from responding to an answer to that question, but I will answer it in a different way. What it did cause me to do is absolutely look at what you were presenting, to research it, and through the fruits of that research, did you change your mind? I, and, and see, this is, this is where the difficult part is, because with religion there is faith, right? So in that, I believe that I have received answers enough that keep me looking for the answers I have not found. So there you go. So um, we have two modes of communication. One in which I present with entire respect and march out my uh, arguments one by one, and another which I mock and I scorn. And right, neither that, of which that, that was my second point. Oh, neither of which changes your mind. <laughs> so what's the difference? <laughs> no, actually, the, the second one is is when I came onto the site. Okay, I came on. There were there were two reasons. One. I did want to hear what you guys were saying. I assumed that some of it was leaking over into our conversation via email between me, Leighton, and the family. Okay, But I came onto the site, and when I heard the way you were presenting things, it shut me down because of the disrespect that was being presented on both of you, not only towards each other, but towards any religious society that you could point a finger at. Correct. You guys were just mm -hmm. mocking and scorning them, and 100%. it caused me to shrink back. But I anticipated your point, Sean, and that is, uh, through all of my careful patience and marching through these arguments, you may have listened to me, but it didn't change your thought process. You, uh, What your thought process was, well, I know the church is true, so he's talking to me about this stuff. Well, let me try it and come up with a counter-argument, because I know the church is true already. I have this preconceived idea. Uh, and, and so you may not have wait, shut wait. down, but it doesn't along, make a difference. Along those lines, though, you're stating that you showed me the respect, but because I didn't go over to your belief that somehow that is... No, re reverse bad. that, Sean. Reverse that. Um, you said the problem you had with us mocking stuff is that you shut down and didn't listen to us, right? Right. <laughs> well, what's the difference between well, that and uh, you well, listening okay, to us not, and not changing your mind? There's I, no I difference. I would say that <laughs> I didn't stop listening to you. I just found it harder to concentrate on what points you were trying to present. You said in your email that um, religious people... Let's see, you state the believer would not change their thinking. This is incorrect. When new light knowledge is received, we also grab onto this glimmer of proof and change our thinking. 
We are fallible humans who don't always understand what the teachings of God mean. When more understanding is gained, we adjust our thinking. What piece of evidence would specifically would change your mind on Mormonism or Christianity? You mean change and, my mind to the fact that I would no longer believe in yes. God and or Correct. Uh, the religious practices of Mormonism? Right. What, that Mormonism would be false, Christianity is just mythology, and you become essentially an atheist. What what piece of evidence or or, or new knowledge would change your mind? <laughs> it's a fair oh, yeah. question. Joke came to me. Well, obviously death would definitely change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was the case. Short um, of death. <laughs> short of death. <laughs> because I can't. I can't cross the veil and ask you about it. So short of death, <laughs> what would change your mind? I I can say that I don't think I've ever looked at the question in what would change my mind. The thing that would change my mind... I'll tell you what changed my mind about Mormonism, Book of Abraham. That was a nail in the coffin for me, uh, uh, in, Book of Abraham. In fact, yes, that was one of the... Yeah, that was one of the nails in the coffin for me because Charlie mentioned to me the uh, the circumstances around the Book of Abraham, and then he left, went to work. Uh, this was while I was uh, I was staying over at his place, um, and I actually did research on the Book of Abraham while he was gone. And when Charlie came back, I pointed out to him that it wasn't as bad as what he was stating; it was far worse. And I brought out information that Charlie had never seen. And the reason why this question is posed, Sean, is because any atheist worth their salt has asked themselves, what would it take for me to go back to believing in God? Yeah, I can answer that question right now. It would take, essentially, a personal visitation by Jesus or God. Uh, and even then I would wonder, what drugs did I take? <laughs> what did I smoke anything or inhale anything recently? Is Was the I acid dreaming? that's still in my spinal cord? <laughs> <laughs> but it would essentially take a personal visitation. Now there is precedent for this because Paul was doing much the same thing that we are, and so is Alma the Younger. He was persecuting the church, and uh, God appeared to both of them, and right. they had right. both states where they were they felt horrible, and then they converted. So I'm just waiting for that to happen to me. That's what it would if take. In a in a sense, that's I can see how you have that answer, okay? Because that is a very legitimate answer. Being atheist, I don't believe in God. So what's going to convince me of God? Well, God coming forth, God being there in front of me, with the belief that God actually does exist. What would it take to convince me that God doesn't exist? Yes, I see that as a as a very difficult answer. Um, one that well, I would definitely need to think on and think about. Well, we'll but, give you, you can get back to us on that one. Um, think, however, what your belief in God is predicated upon. For me, my belief in God was predicated upon the fact that Joseph Smith was a prophet, that he could translate documents, that he told the truth. He was an honest man. He wasn't a con man. He wasn't trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. When that stuff turned out not to be true, um, I started looking into Christianity, and I've discovered that not only was there no evidence for Jesus' existence, um, the, the four Gospels weren't written by who people had asserted they were, and they were written 40, 50 years after Christ supposedly died. And, and then there are all these pagan precursors for the Genesis story, and, and the Flood, and Noah, and uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, and Babylonian creation story. Um, and to me, that was it. You either had to had to believe that God plagiarized his own creation story from the Babylonians <laughs> and stole the sacrament from the Egyptians, or that Satan had uh, plagiarized by anticipation, which is what the old uh, saints said, the, the church fathers. To me, it was completely untenable at that point, and the whole edifice fell away. That no. That, in a short... Uh, in a nutshell, is my deconversion story. <laughs> and Sean, you listening to the patriarchal blessing, you understand how deeply I believed in religion, and yeah. it wasn't until I was praying to go on a mission 
and then of course the circumstances that followed afterwards that I began to wonder about every religious experience I had before. And well, I, complete, I completely get what you guys were saying. I, I understood the facts that you were presenting. I, that's, that's not an issue to me. The, the issue is exactly, if I may bring it back, you state that, um, that basically, hey, irreligiosity is just for, for you two and any other atheist that wants to come on there. In fact, one of the one of the audience members actually stated this exact same point. So basically, butt out, okay? But I, I don't see that is exactly what you guys are doing. For instance, um, you alone invited our entire family to come, come, listen, listen, hear it, okay? You also, my guess, and I could be wrong here, Charlie, but my guess is you've at least invited your wife, if not your brothers and sisters and parents, to come and listen. No, so, um, they found out about it, and I said, if, if you want to listen, be prepared. <laughs> and, and it's Sean, R-rated, and uh, there is no respect shown to beliefs, and be prepared to have your beliefs challenged, and challenged in a way that's very difficult to respond to. My wife listened to a couple of them, and she doesn't listen to them anymore. We keep this stuff separate. There's a, in, in our family, there's a, a separation of church and state. Um, our relationship doesn't depend on either's religion. We, we respect each other enough that we stay out of this stuff. Uh, my family's free to listen. They've, they've found uh, me on the Internet, but I haven't heard anything from them. So if they want to listen, fine. But if they don't want to listen, it's not difficult not to click on the subscribe button in iTunes or not to Google search irreligiosity. We made right. the, we picked the name. If you don't want to listen, it's easy to tell the missionaries to get lost. Well, I, we don't. You don't have to do that. You don't even have to fire up your computer and listen to us. There's well, no activity you have to do to to tell us to go away. And Sean, also, what what you you point out that I invited the family to listen. Well, you realize right. that was after I was frustrated, and the fact that you brought up the irreligiosity, you brought it up, and you started uh, disparaging me on it, and that's when I pointed out, okay, if any of you want to come and listen, that's fine, and then prove me wrong. The analogy would be, if Leighton and I, dressed up in nice little suits, got haircuts, and uh, got name tags, and walked around with irreligiosity CDs and knocked on people's doors and... and woke them up, got them away from their television screen, and said that, you know, we have the truth and we'd like to share this with you. Can you spend a moment to listen to your uh, temporal salvation? <laughs> we don't do that. You don't have to uh, click on the link. You don't have to search your religiosity. If you want to, great. But again, we haven't spent a penny in advertising. All of our growth has been word of mouth. You're basically, if I understand it correctly, you're basically saying that it's okay to mock somebody behind their back, um, just not doing it to their face. Uh, let's see. If you want to listen, uh, I'm happy to have you listen, Sean. Um, no, what I, what I mean is you're saying you'll show respect to me in a face-to-face -face conversation or via any of our conversations. But when you go onto this website, it's okay to mock and scorn me, in a sense. Me, because people are connected to their, their beliefs, in a sense. Um, I'm not going to go to my wife's family, for example, sit down at their dinner table in their home and start uh, insulting all of their beliefs. If they want to start a conversation with me, they know I'm atheist. I'm not hiding it from anybody. They want to start a conversation with me? Fantastic, but be prepared to defend yourself. Well, not only that, Sean, but you're implying that nobody within our family knew about the show or has come to listen, and therefore I was secretly hiding behind their back, and that's, that's false. In fact, I have been approached by several within the family. They have asked me about it, and I've said the same thing that Charlie said to his family. You aren't going to like what you hear, but if you want to hear it, it's there for you. Go right ahead. And I have pointed them towards it. Even better, come on the show. Talk about it. 
Well, that was only made when uh, when I was being disparaged. But yes, come on the show. So, <laughs> so may I touch on something personal? Because this is what I hear. This is what I see, at least when I came here. Actually, I like it when you touch it. <laughs> um, and, of course, I mean no offense by going into a personal point, but... Go for it. Um, Charlie, what, what I hear when I come here is you're basically calling your wife a fool. And I believe all of your in-laws for their beliefs. You're also um, calling your sisters, your parents, and brothers idiots uh, for believing in what they believe or because they won't believe what you believe or follow what you have to present to them. You are mocking and scorning your children for listening to your wife and not listening to you. Um, Leighton, you're basically doing the exact same thing. You're mocking your father, your mother, your brothers, sisters, grandparents, you know, all that believe in that way. Anyone that you guys state that you love and care for who does not believe the way you do are being mocked and considered fools on this program. This, is, this of course, does not include all of the millions of people out there who also have similar beliefs. This is not because you share your beliefs or even because you point out the flaws in others' beliefs. It is because of the way you actually go about mocking and making fun of them. That's, I mean, you're basically calling everyone you love fools for not believing the way you do. I wouldn't necessarily say it's believing the way I do. I would say it's believing something that they have not bothered to research themselves. That is what I will most especially mock and ridicule. Because brother, people have not researched a ton of things. I mean, there's things that I, even though Charlie has nearly researched everything in the world, I would almost bet on it. There's things he hasn't researched either. If I don't research that stuff, I don't put it forth to the world that I know that it's true. Yes. When you do that, you make a knowledge claim. And it's not a belief claim anymore. That's a knowledge claim. I know this church is true. I know Joseph Smith is a prophet. Now, look, the difference between uh, my wife and yourself is that when I say these things to my wife, um, it, it's caused doubt for her. Uh, and I'm sorry for that causes pain to her and I'm sorry for that but she's at least intellectually honest enough to recognize there's a problem whereas you Sean you look for ways to salvage your beliefs uh, you look for counter arguments to so that you could maintain your beliefs and if you even no, if you don't you'll prove them wrong even if you don't come up with counter arguments doesn't matter you still believe the way that you do you don't even recognize that there's a problem like I said, um, if if you treat your religion different than you'd treat, you know, purchasing something, uh, I think uh, you're, you're losing respect from me because but purchasing. People, you use that as a car example before. Yeah. Some people go into it believing that, and they research it, and Ford's the best, and other people go into it researching it, and they think Chevy's the best. I'm but saying that you guys family, aren't researching this at all. You put more research into buying a Chevy or a Ford than you do your entire religion. And honestly, if, if you don't, if you don't look into this stuff, if you don't open your eyes and, and see that, my God, there's a possibility that the, this uh, structure in which I have invested my entire life is false. If you don't there's do that. that possibility. There's what, always that possibility. But you're not taking it seriously, Sean. Because you're not actively grappling with these things. I I have been, and, and that's what's your what answer I then to the to. what's your answer to the Book of Abraham? I mean, if you have been actively grappling with these, then what's your answer to the Book of Abraham? Twenty years, Sean. I mean, the, yeah, I, I know. you've been grappling with this for twenty years. And you know what? I plan to grapple with it for the rest of my life. Then and then my and, problem with you is that you're not taking seriously. The idea that Joseph Smith couldn't translate uh, Egyptian. And in this one instance, because we don't have the source documents for the Book of Mormon, in this one instance, we do. We have exactly what he translated from. We have pictures of him with little uh, Egyptian symbols next to the paragraph that he translated it. We have the source document. No one. Not even Mormon Egyptologists agree with Joseph Smith's translation. Therefore, Joseph Smith was not a prophet of God. He couldn't translate 
Egyptian documents. Therefore, the Book of Mormon is false. He made it up. Uh, it's his own product. Therefore, Mormonism isn't true. If you cannot grapple with that, what you're trying, what your problem is, you're grappling with how do I fit this obviously false thing into my current belief system? And I think the I look at it a little different than that, though. I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, no, meaning that not how do I fit it into my current belief system. The way I follow it to basically do as Leighton views as respect, researching it, is I, I do, and I know there's plenty of sources out there, so it'll take me the rest of my life, in my opinion. Well, what have you done is so far? Possible, is it possible that there is an answer to it? Sean. There, there, it might be. Sean, we have the source documents. We have the papyri that he translated from. Now, Egyptian language wasn't known to Joseph Smith at the time. He was safe. No one could call him on it at the time. Unfortunately for him, Champollion and others were working on cracking the Egyptian language, and they deciphered it. After about 1860, uh, Egyptian language is open to everyone, completely decipherable. It's not a closed language anymore. So now you look at those source documents. You actually don't even need the source documents. You can tell he's a fraud by the uh, facsimiles. Everything is wrong. Leighton, did you know that in 1912, this guy named Reverend Spaulding gave the facsimiles to Flinders Petrie? Actually, I did not know that. He was one of the eight scholars that uh, Reverend Spaulding gave these documents to. Flinders Petrie is one of the premier archaeologists and Egyptologists in history. He yeah, essentially, actually, this shocks me. I, I'm very surprised that Petrie took a look. He essentially invented the um, technique of dating pot before Petrie uh, archaeologists threw pottery away as worthless he took it and looked at it and said hey I can date these sites by the type of pottery that I find he was extremely careful um, uh, showed the rest of the archaeologists essentially how to do archaeology and you know what his opinion on uh, the book of Abraham Joseph Smith's translation there wasn't a single word in there that was correct. And that opinion has not changed from 1912. Petrie was right, as well as the seven other Egyptologists. And when they discovered the source documents in the 1960s, they again sent them. Um, this, this guy who was very, very Mormon, uh, what was his name? Thomas Ferguson? Thomas Stuart Ferguson convinced David O. McKay and BYU to open up Mormon archaeology studies. He thought that they'd find all this archaeology, uh, archaeological evidence for the Book of Mormon. Uh, ten years later, he didn't. Uh, but in the middle of this, they found the the source documents at the Metropolitan Museum of Art uh, for the Book of Abraham on the back of the, I think it was the Kirtland, Ohio temple painting or something like that. He sent it anonymously to four different Egyptologists. They had no idea what the source of it was was. Every single one of them came back with the exact same translation of these documents. Every single one of them said it's a common funerary scroll, it's a book of breathings, it tells you how to, when you die and come back, you, you take a breath, it teaches you how to breathe. Very, very common in Ptolemaic Egypt. Um, so it dates probably to the first century BC. Every, all four independent scholars came up with the same translation and this shattered Ferguson's faith. He was a very good Mormon up until this point. He stayed in the church, but he didn't believe Joseph Smith uh, uh, was a prophet anymore. I believe he said that um, this shows conclusively that uh, Joseph Smith had not one idea whatsoever about Egyptian hieroglyphics. Well, and, and not only this, Sean, you say it would take a lifetime to discern it this information. It doesn't. It took me one day to not only find out all of this information, but to find images of the new era where the LDS Church quickly shoved it into the middle of this magazine before the Salt Lake Tribune had a chance to publish it, and to find images of Joseph Smith's actual trans translation, to find images of the entire thing, and to find video of uh, Egyptologists discussing it, 
and uh, disparaging it, to find the early 1900 New York Times where Egyptologists actually got up there and pointed out from what was drawn in the back of the Book of Mormon, there's a hole here. There's a hole here. This is a hypocephalus. It took me one day to find this. And when they found the source documents, those Egyptologists were born out to be correct. There were holes exactly where they said they were. You can look that up on the Internet. Joseph Smith had penciled in the rest of it, and he penciled it in wrong. I'm Um, afraid, I love discussing things with you guys. I've allowed this to go off in a direction that I didn't want to have happen on on a permanent TV or permanent radio station. What I'm saying to you is that it doesn't take a lifetime. It just takes a little bit of uh, determination and the willingness to accept and follow the truth wherever it leads. Not not just keeping it consistent with your predetermined ideas, but wherever that truth leads, you follow. And that was the biggest thing about the emails I was sending back and forth to the family, is truth is truth. Whether you hide it be- behind a lie of omission, so on and so forth. And that is the fundamental reason why I stated the automaton statement. All right. Is- out, of, out of respect for Sean, let's wrap this up. All let's right. um, let's do uh, some selected audience questions, and then we'll do a summary. All right. Is that agreeable? Yeah, no, that sounds fine. Sean, do you believe that comedy should always be inoffensive? Uh, this is this is also regarding. Um, uh, I enjoyed uh, these questions. There, he also asked about South Park. If I particularly enjoyed the the funny Mormon episode, I have not seen it, but I particularly I. I do. I find South Park and some other various cartoons to be crude. Now, in regards to comedy, there there is absolutely a difference here in 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 comedy. There is a difference between a comedian and someone who is trying to spread what they feel to be truth. A comedian takes the truth and often, but not always, stretches or exaggerates the situation. Here in this forum. It is being used to show the flaws of others' beliefs and spread what is felt by you guys to be the truth. Uh, Whether it is or isn't, I'm not debating that. If it is stretched or exaggerated, your audience would call you on those untruths. You would would be trying to spread an untruth, and they wouldn't stand for that. I, I, I can tell because of the way they commented here. In this forum, you are trying to seek truth and weed out what is false. That's completely different from comedy. Comedy is there to exaggerate reality. It's one definition of comedy, but basically what you're saying is irreligiosity isn't funny. No, I... I isn't that I what you got, Layton? At times. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what he said? I, I, I think he's pointing out that neither of us are that funny. Yeah, what a jerk. I, I, well, Layton's definitely just, not uh, as funny as Charlie, but <laughs> that's ow. beside the point. <laughs> I think our audience will agree with that, Layton. Well, yeah, well, that, that's pretty much just normal. I, I think I'm only here to be grading. <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> I'm the grading one. Well, you, you were the grading one just on the last census. Before that, I was the grading one. <laughs> I, I think you're just trying to steal everything away from me on irreligiosophy. Um, I think one form of comedy stretches the truth or exaggerates and kind of makes it absurd. Um, But other forms of comedy, uh, such as sarcasm uh, uh, and ridicule and scorn and mockery, uh, find what's funny in this because it is so absurd. We find these beliefs absolutely patently 100% absurd. And what we do by mocking it is to show you these things in a different light so that you can see like we do how absurd it actually is exactly and and i mean bringing up deuteronomy and the list of ways to rape a woman and get away from it that is patently absurd and we could we could show it all the somberness that we could but it it just wouldn't get the point across of just how absurd it is right. to not treat it without sarcasm it would get the point across it would get the point well, across by saying, by by stating something's absurd, stating something's absurd and demonstrating it's absurd are two different things. And I believe demonstrating something's absurd is far more effective. It makes a much bigger impression. 
For example, uh, there, we did an article in one of the ANNs where an archbishop or the pope was angry about Halloween. And he said that it's just a um, holiday for the macabre and the grizzly. <laughs> and I thought, well, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? Because these guys eat flesh and drink blood every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> now, doesn't that make the point a little more effectively than just saying, my, that pope is being absurd? I think, knowing you, Charlie, you could state it a little clearer than that. But, uh... I don't know how I could. <laughs> well, the, the Pope was coming out and saying that Halloween was of the devil. How can I you mean, not mock that? That's I just mean, funny. The, the only reason you guys don't think this is absurd is because you're used to eating zombie flesh and drinking blood on a weekly basis. That's macabre. That's grisly. Uh, but it's so familiar, it's lost this sense of macabre and grisly. But it is. You guys are being cannibals every single week. You're drinking blood and eating flesh. That's disgusting. And and if you if you disagree and point out that this isn't macabre and that this is just normal, think about the early Christians and the Christian persecutions. That's one of the reasons why they were persecuted is because people would hear about them yeah. eating the flesh They're and cannibals. drinking the blood of Christ, and they thought they were cannibals. <laughs> But what you're presenting is the exact same thing. They were persecuted for their beliefs. Okay, whether they were wrong or right, it's the exact same thing you're doing here on this site. I'm okay with that. I, think, I believe one... Christians have this persecution uh, complex where, <laughs> like you just right. did... So, so you're they... saying that, hey, they persecuted, and it was wrong, but it's okay that we persecute them. No, Sean. That's what you're basically you, saying. You just equated no, no. Christians being burned at the stake and gored by lions with us making fun of them. You know, <laughs> that is a really low bar for persecution. Perhaps, Charlie, you guys just haven't worked up to that yet. And this equates exactly to what's going on today. And a question which you have uh, entitled are, do you support the or. beliefs of Osama bin Laden and believe the jihad holy. This is the exact same thing going on. You have people throwing themselves on the altar of martyrdom, and we are supposed to respect this. And they're taking out innocent people. Do you respect yes. those beliefs? This would be an example of someone taking their beliefs and using them against someone else. In other words, disrespecting them to the point of eliminating them. It is acceptable to respect the person for believing what they they believe and yet stand up in defense when they try to use their beliefs to ridicule humiliate and persecute others absolutely i would respect them for having their beliefs would i present to them another view like you guys do absolutely we all have the right the right to believe as we choose it is wrong when we use those beliefs to belittle others for their beliefs. So your respect for beliefs is limited, is what you're saying. You limit your respect for these people's beliefs. If they carry these beliefs to action, well, my God, you've got to stop them. But if those beliefs, they... the action proceeds from the belief, Sean. If you would have stopped them uh, uh, when they held the belief instead of respecting it, which I think is absolutely ridiculous, you're telling me you respect someone who says, uh, I am going to kill innocent people and have 49 virgins in heaven for my trouble. You respect that belief? I respect the person for believing what they do at that time. So you we do. We all have the right to change our views throughout our lives. The problem comes when any of us, any of us, use our views, our beliefs, as a way of disrespecting someone else. I'm not sure murdering someone is disrespecting them. <laughs> That's a, a little bit of a different category. It is the most severe form of disrespect, in my opinion. You're right. It is extreme. I think that's a, disrespecting them. It's treating what, them as if they uh, are not human. I think it's calling I think awful. calling murder disrespect cheapens it. Um, <laughs> it, it is murder. 
and and it is murder for these people to think and it's murdering innocent people these aren't combatants these are non-combatants the world trade center they're not soldiers they flew a plane killed a bunch of civilians because of their beliefs and you're arguing that we should respect those beliefs and their right to hold them i would say i would respect neither that belief nor their right to hold it i've got to agree with him sean this is the same as people taking their own lives would you say that people eating the applesauce and killing themselves is that disrespecting themselves although this is a belief system should we just allow people to go out there and pass out the applesauce and say okay well you know just let them do what they're doing who cares if it's a cult they have the right to believe and we should respect their beliefs let me take this one sean i think more religious people (laughs) i think more religious people should take poisoned applesauce (laughs) that's what i was going to get at i don't see how that's a bad thing for you guys well not for us i don't see that as being a an argument that you should really take up yeah easy easy layton you're killing me here well see i'm killing you but the point is is you are saying we are supposed to respect that now yes it 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 takes away from the mass stupidity in the world and what it actually takes away the fun of our mocking their beliefs but it is still something that you were saying we must respect. <laughs> You're going to put that huh in there, aren't you? Do you, do you want to answer that one, or do you want to move on to a different question? I'm, I'm not sure at this point in time if I have formulated something that would sound good enough to be on the site All right. for that answer. Let's move to Jay. Let's to Jay. Uh, if if Sean believes so firmly in respecting all people and religions, does he speak up and discourage Mormons from referring to the Catholic Church as the whore of Babylon? And has he stopped tithing to the Mormon Church, considering the pattern of disrespect to homosexuals, atheists, and Jewish peoples? I will not speak on the beliefs of the LDS Church, um, as I can only speak in regards to my own beliefs. They weren't asking as, you about... But do you, dis- do you discourage Mormon- Mormons? Because I heard that when I... Uh, was growing up. Did you, Leighton? I heard that uh, almost on a weekly basis. (laughs) Referred to as the Whore of Babylon. It's actually um, uh, in the Book of Mormon. May may uh, I read a quote for you? Sure. May I read a quote for you? Please do. Um, It's slightly lengthy. um, And I actually have the links that I'm willing to send um, to you so that you can post them or however you want to present it. It, it's, it's It's a fairly recent, actually... I guess almost 20 years ago, I think, quote, the word church, uh, they, they quoted in, in how it's spelled in Hebrew and also Greek, had a slightly broader meaning anciently than it does now. It referred to an assembly, congregation, or association of people who bonded together and shared the same loyalties. Thus, the term was not necessarily restricted to religious associations. In fact, in Athens, the Greeks used the term to denote the legislative assembly of government. In the historical sense, though only one entity can be the great and abominable church, we well-intentioned churches would thus not qualify as the mother of abominations described in 1 Nephi 13. They do not slay the saints of God, nor seek the con- seek to control civil governments nor pursue wealth, luxury, and sexual immorality. Some LDS saints have erred in believing that some specific denomination, to the exclusion of all others, has since the beginning of time been the great and abominable church. This is dangerous. Now, I'll send the the full statement to you because he goes quite a bit into that. Um, there's also a, uh, two other things that I would send to you um, regarding the view uh, that is presented here. What I want to state is people aren't perfect and sometimes beliefs get messed up. Um, as for respect, the answer is yes. As stated earlier, respect is treating people with dignity and compassion regardless of their views or beliefs. Respect is in the way you treat others when talking to them or about them and their beliefs. Now to, well, I think I'll end there. You say, first of all, that 
in ancient times, the church had a different meaning. Well, Sean, that presupposes the Book of Mormon is not a post-1800s document. Yes, it does. Uh, so uh, that doesn't convince anyone but Mormons. <laughs> well, I'm afraid I do come from that standing. So. Um, Second of all, and it seems to me that it's very, very anti-Catholic sentiment was um, prevalent in the time during which the Book of Mormon was produced. Um, and it has very little to do with ancient uh, Native Americans. Um, remember that in the... Um, the uh, Catholic Church is the only church that slayeth the saints of God, yea, and tortureth them, and bindeth them down, and yoketh them with a yoke of iron, and bringeth them down into captivity. That's a uh, reference to the Inquisition. Um, that was one of the Protestants' main complaints. <laughs> that's kind of spurred the the Protestant uh, Reformation. Um, well, that, now, that's, what, that's what he points out in, in the article, um, is that there are groups of people who join together when they do evil things along those lines. It's not one specific church throughout time. It's the group of people that are doing that. So it's not the Catholic Church, because he says um, also in, in uh, 1 Nephi 13 that he saw gold, silver, silk, scarlets, and fine twined linen, and all manner of precious clothing. That seems to me either a reference to Trinity Broadcasting Network or the Catholic Church. <laughs> Watch out for the helmet you here. Me off guard there. Um, <laughs> I, it I, goes on that the Bible would eventually fall into the quote hands of the great and abominable Church, after which uh, many plain and precious things are taken away from the book. First Nephi thirteen twenty six twenty nine. Um, what Book I want to say is I, I don't want to go any more into quoting something that I think this article clears up for itself. I mean, I would have to read the whole article to you to debate this entire subject. Right. And I'm not here well, Who to wrote the article? Who wrote the article? I didn't write down his name. Was he an apostle? Once again, I didn't write down his name. Because uh, in the first edition of Mormon Doctrine... Bruce R. McConkie wrote, It is also to the Book of Mormon to which we turn for the plainest description of the Catholic Church as the great and abominable church. Nephi saw this church, uh, which is most abominable above all churches, in vision. He saw the devil, that he was the foundation of it, and also the murders, wealth, harlotry, persecutions, and evil desires that historically have been part of the satanic organizations. That's 1958, McConkie. That actually caused some problems and was later taken out. <laughs> There, there was also another quote that McConkie also made that later he uh, stepped forward on and said that uh, due to the lack of knowledge we had um, at the time, but now we've been given further light and all, well, here is his point. You can find How about that um, Apostle Orson Pratt? Both Catholics and Protestants are nothing less than the whore of Babylon, whom the Lord denounces as having corrupted all the earth by their fornications and wickedness. Uh, this, this was uh, published in the Seer, um, Volume 2, Number 4, page 255. Now, remember that Joseph Smith, in his first vision, this is in Joseph Smith history, he, these two personages stand up and, and uh, he asks which I should join. I was answered that I must join none of them, for they were all wrong. And the person who addressed me, this is either Jesus or God himself, said that all their creeds were an abomination in his sight, All the, uh, that those professors were all corrupt. They draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So every single church on the earth in Joseph Smith's time was an abomination in the Lord's sight. Now, was Joseph Smith wrong in that? Or uh, actually, was God wrong, I suppose? Or more likely, was it just the language of the time? And, and if that's the case, then that kind of also puts the Book of Mormon as a, a product of the time. In regards to answering whether that is truth or fiction, I choose to refrain as I am not representing anybody but myself. All right. How about so, T? Why should we automatically respect your beliefs when what you believe is, by any objective measure, 
patently absurd and wholly unsupported by evidence. Um, so they're basically stating that it is okay to disrespect anything and anyone you find um, to be absurd, at least in your eyes, or unsupported. I believe this is the same way Hitler, Osama bin Laden, and others felt. Um, it, it's the exact same statement. Just because we don't believe the same thing does not give either of us the right to disrespect each other. That's one thing that I think was, as I was reading through many of the responses to your listeners, that's one thing I think they were misunderstanding. I don't, in my eyes, disrespect what you guys are are saying. I have no problem with that. In fact, I've joined with you guys in that plenty of times. Got carried away in this conversation, obviously. I think I am showing respect. Sean, what you're arguing would be mocking. What you're arguing for is is a relativity of knowledge. Um, what you're saying is all beliefs are kind of on the same epistemological footing. Uh, that that all beliefs uh, are equally grounded in in reality or unreality. That all beliefs are supported by faith. When the fact is, certain beliefs are better than others, and those what, beliefs. What I'm, what I'm actually more so saying is, all of us are fools at some t point in time in our life. All of us have to learn step by step and move to a point of gaining knowledge and we need to respect where anybody is in that step, whether their beliefs are higher than mine or lower than mine in the sense of they have more or less knowledge than me. We need to respect them for where they are in that process. I think that it, I would be respecting them more by getting them to drop their ridiculous and unsupported beliefs. That this phony I'm going to respect you, whatever your belief is, and that all beliefs are equally true, um, is offensive, and it's uh, not supported by reality. I, I, I don't and wouldn't respect anyone's belief that isn't supported by evidence, or that is, by any objective measure, patently absurd. And uh, uh, if someone finds a belief of mine that is absurd and idiotic, uh, they can point it out to me in any way they would like. They can ridicule me, they can disrespect me, they can do whatever they like. The fact of the matter is, they're right and I'm wrong. So I gotta swallow it, I gotta pony up to the table. You're right. And see, that's kind of funny, Sean, because you actually point out that Charlie and I disrespect everything, including each other. That's because we both understand that we're both gonna get something wrong, like uh, where Sweden is. So, you know, uh, we're certainly not perfect, and when we point out this stuff, um, we ridicule ourselves as well. It's uh, it's part of the fun. In fact, it's mostly fun if we can catch each other doing something stupid. Absolutely. And I, um, I would expect no less from anyone else other than Leighton. I think that's because of our American society that you guys believe that presenting something in a disrespectful way is okay. Look at the talk shows. They're horrible. Um, that's exactly what they do. Well, I, think, I'd be careful uh, with that, Sean, because we have a lot of fans coming from Australia, England. from <laughs> England, from Germany, Europe, New Zealand. <laughs> um, I mean, we get we get emails from all over the world. Where I mean, especially we did one show on Australia because they had this commercial going around thanking Jesus for everything. So we did kind of a counter commercial thanking Jesus for the things that he doesn't normally get thanked for. And we had a bunch of Aussies writing in, basically stating that they haven't laughed that hard in a very long time. So you've got to be very careful by pigeonholing us into just an American-type entertainment. Uh, yeah, I think the rest of the world has a sense of humor as well. <laughs> That's not at all what I'm saying. Then. You total jerk. Well, ex except for the French. They, they don't have any sense of humor at all. The French get unfairly picked on because people, you know, America seems to think that, you know, um, we we assisted them during World War II, that they're somehow sort of cowardly. But America would not exist without the French. Oh, I agree. Uh, in fact, actually, it's the Britons who have no sense of humor, especially when you're in front of Buckingham Palace and you jump into the fountain. They don't like that.
England gave us Monty Python. I'm going to punch you in the face the next time I see you. <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't hurt. There's nothing up there for you to damage. <laughs> France was responsible for uh, um, assisting us in the Revolutionary War, without which assistance I don't think we would have existed as an independent country. They gave us a Statue of Liberty. Um, uh, Can I start ri ridiculing Charlie for taking me seriously at this point? No, I think I, you're I an idiot. <laughs> Every time I catch Leighton on something, he, he claims that he's joking. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I really do think that all French people have no sense of humor. Thanks. Yeah. And you're a dick. <laughs> do you have any more questions for Sean? Or, Sean, do you have anything else you would like to say? So, if I understand you correctly, you're asking us to kind of wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. One of one of your listeners, and I think this kind of deals with respect, he wrote the last email, which we haven't really gotten to, and I think it was very well written. And in kind of my ending statements, you know, he, he stated he comes here to gather information on his enemies. I think that's what this has become for you guys. It's become a way to gather information to go out and attack others. What I want to present to you is I'm not your enemy, and I don't think others consider you their enemy. The point that I'm trying to present in the respectful way is that I see this as an attack realm, uh, a realm where you guys come together to to attack um, and fight back against people. And you do it in a way that is mocking your loved ones, your friends, your wife, your children, whether they stop listening to it or not, whether they haven't listened to it. The simple point is is that if they haven't come and listened to it, then you're doing it behind their backs until you actually decide to come out and present it to them. I just find it to be incredibly disrespectful the way that it's being presented. We um, are, uh, I would say, thank you. It is an attack realm. It is uh, a place where people can gather information to go and attack people and their stupid beliefs. Um, and now as this well as to defend themselves against and stupid to defend beliefs. themselves against their stupid beliefs. We, uh, I believe, uh, have, fill a niche that is otherwise unserved. That uh, people are fed up with this garbage, and they're ready to fight back. And uh, we shouldn't have to put up with people telling us um, that gays uh, don't have the right to marry based on ridiculous and wholly unsupported and patently false religious beliefs. Well, not only that, but gays are the biggest threat to national security because Sodom and Gomorrah was one city and the entire world has gays in it now? If, How the, are... Mormon, if the Mormon church had any truth to it at all, if it had any direct line to God or they had any uh, discernment in their bishops at all, Chris Butters would be out on his ass. There's excommunicated no for being an absolute moron. Uh, yeah. That's proof to me there is no God. <laughs> and if there is, he ain't Mormon. <laughs> uh, but yes, it is disrespectful. Uh, it is, um, in a sense, attacking people. And if they want to come and listen, be my guest. Come and listen. I haven't said anything on any of these podcasts that I have not already said to my family or my friends or anyone else who would like to with the possible exception of my children um, and that's out of respect for my wife and if they um, get old enough that they want to ask me about my beliefs and are prepared to have an honest discussion about it then I will happily discuss that with my children as well and like I said I think atheists have sat down and kept their mouths shut for years and it is time now to come out to tell people and tell the world that we are atheists, that uh, we are not uh, immoral, that you don't need God to be moral. You certainly don't need a book of um, horrible Bronze Age mythology which advocates genocide and child murder to be moral. Uh, we, we are sick and tired of, of being told this is a Christian nation and that we need to shut up while these prayers are being spoken and you have to show respect to these people even though we are a secular nation and our constitution specifically was founded upon secular principles and there is a wall of separation between church and state as laid out in the first amendment I am tired of being uh, told to sit down and shut up 
and I'm going to speak out about this and if people don't like it they don't have to listen to it or they can better yet come on our show and have a frank honest open discussion with us just like you have today one of your listeners kind of presented that I think in their question asking if he respects atheists as a moral beacon in the community I do not believe everyone within any particular belief system um, even my own could be upheld as a moral beacon. Yes, I do believe that there are atheists who could be moral beacons. In fact, Charlie, um, at, at least the way that I perceived how you respectfully would approach people on their beliefs, I, I, I do believe you to be a moral beacon. A moral beacon in the sense that you lived according to what you believed to be right and moral. I don't know if that responds well enough to what you just stated, but I think what it comes down to is you're telling what you just said to your audience is, take this information, go out, spread it across the world, fight back. I, I don't see that as a problem to present your views. Present them, fight back against what is against your beliefs. It's where we start to disrespect each other. That's where things fall apart. That's where, that's where people begin to do things that are completely wrong and inappropriate. Sean, you're telling me, get out there and, and talk to people, but for God's sakes, don't ruffle their feathers. Don't, don't, don't make them <laughs> irritated. You've got to be kind about it. You've got to respect their beliefs. I don't. I don't respect their beliefs. I don't respect your beliefs. I don't respect the Mormon religion. Uh, I don't respect Joseph Smith. I don't respect uh, Christianity. I don't respect Jesus. I don't respect God. If God is as he was portrayed in the scriptures, both the Book of Mormon, the Old Testament, and the New Testament, then God is an asshole. And he deserves all the mockery and scorning that I can heap upon him. And if I am dragged before his bar, my first question would be, what right do you have to judge me? You are the most immoral, son of a bitch, genocidal bastard that has ever existed in this uh, universe. Hitler was a pipsqueak compared to you. You have no right to judge me. You have committed far greater crimes than I ever will and am ever capable of. You killed small children. My God, you committed adultery to, to even have Jesus with another man's betrothed. Don't tell me not to fornicate before marriage. You did. This sort of thing is the stuff that we've been told to sit down and shut up about. Stop having these conversations because you're not being respectful. You've got to be respectful. I'm done. Done being respectful. I've gone down that road. I'm not going to do it anymore. Now, hopefully, people will stand up and take notice. We atheists are not going away. We're not going to respect your beliefs. We're not going to respect you. You uh, listen to us now. Now, in the email, Sean, you actually pointed out that there is no such thing as a volatile subject, only volatile people. I'm sorry, but I completely disagree with you. Because you bring something up, even in the most respectful of manners, someone is going to lose their mind. And they are going to go nuts, and they're going to start hollering, and, of course, then the uh, attack of respect is lost is going to be used. Now, that's a good point, Leighton. There is no amount of respect that you can give to people that they won't be offended on religious beliefs. So another reason why I, my patience is exhausted on this stuff. People get offended even when you do respect their beliefs. There is no amount of respect that's good enough. Uh, I'm not going to take it anymore. This is our voice. This is our time to be heard. Now, if you want to come back on the show uh, to talk about all the stuff that you refuse to talk about today, I'd be glad to have you on. Specifically, I'd love to talk to you about Adam God. I'd love to talk to you about Book of Abraham. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about Joseph Smith's polygamy. If you want to come back on the show, fantastic. And if any other member of the Mormon Church wants to come on, Sean, if you have a direct line to Thomas S. Monson, invite him on the show. I'd love to Actually, have him on. I would love to have Monson on. I hear yeah. he's uh, very, uh, well, prickish, to say the least. Tell him I will give him a Diet Coke if he comes on the show. Well, I, I would like to say that um, I first was surprised that uh, I was requested by Leighton to come on the show, and second, that you actually accepted my coming on the show for such a topic that I saw as boring. 
but most of all, I'd like to say boring to your audience is what I meant by that. <laughs> I think um, he just doesn't think we, we have any sort of intellect. He, that's... Well, that and he, he, we're not funny. I mean, he's already stated yeah. that. Yeah, that's true, but I already knew you weren't funny. But most of all, what I want to say is that I'm grateful for the respect I was given throughout this show. It's not what I saw in other podcasts that I listened to. You didn't so listen to any of the guests that we had on. I, I'll guarantee no, you I that. No, I did not get a guest one. But what I would like to say is I, I just see that it could be used in a harmful way against you, too, for the disrespect that you're showing to others. I would say, bring it on. And I would mostly say, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to care if someone doesn't <laughs> doesn't particularly like what I say. <laughs> Speaking of uh, showing respect to people's religious beliefs, next week we are going to be discussing the LDS Temple Ceremony in great detail with two uh, former LDS members who have both gone through the temple. <laughs> Sean, I'm sure you'll be tuning in for that one. Thank you for the offer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys next week.